0: We're back. Premier Jason K. This guy, you're a pro. I mean, literally, you walked in the studio like 10 seconds ago.
1: This is pretty awesome. I I I used to spend a lot of time at Chet, actually, back in the day when I was at the Taxpayers Federation. Right, yeah. Yeah. Like, several times a week. Hey, and... uh Thanks for coming in. Good to see you. Yeah, well, we appreciate
2: it. We appreciate your time.
1: Sorry I missed you guys on Monday. I just totally screwed up. My apologies. No, that happens. hey right. I, I, I
2: right. here now. It's all right.
0: I, I've been watching you for years. i got to say, you look great. What are you doing? Are you working out? What's it's going on? It's the keto diet, you know? Is that what, is it really? You're on the keto diet? For sure. Yeah? It works. What is that, like the
1: caveman one where you're eating? You know, well, like it's meat? Uh, probably a healthier version of that. <laughs> High fat, moderate protein, low carbs. Okay, and it's worth exercise. It's but a little bit of exercise, but not nearly enough. It's a little tough
0: on my schedule. Well, no kidding. Yeah, I'm going to make a note of that keto diet. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get royalties on that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming. Appreciate it. Cheers. Uh, so much going on. Of course, you're sort of. Um Taking a bit of a role in the federal election campaign.
2: Yeah, so you, of course, you were in Ontario uh, helping out with the federal campaign. Uh, some Albertans a l- little curious about that. What? Why did you feel like it was important to be out there?
1: Well, first of all, I was keeping a promise I made in our election last April. I'd say I'd do what I, I, I said that I would do what I could uh, to defeat Justin Trudeau's Liberals because they've hammered Alberta's economy and killed tens of thousands of jobs. They killed Northern Gateway pipeline, killed Energy East, bungled Trans Mountain, surrendered to a U.S. visa. Veto on Keystone XL, brought in the No More Pipelines law, brought in the uh, tanker ban. uh Trudeau says he wants to shut down the oil sands. They want to impose a carbon tax, and on it goes. And that's why I think it's it's that what happens on October 21st is really important for Alberta's economic future. And that's why I thought I should add my voice. Now I'm obviously doing my full-time job um, with a lot of big challenges in Alberta, but one of those jobs has got to be get to get a federal government that helps us to break the landlock on Alberta energy. And uh, and also the federal uh, conservatives asked me to go down there. I spent a lot, used to spend a lot of time as the federal multiculturalism and immigration minister amongst the cultural communities, especially in the greater Toronto area. And so I was kind of reconnecting there and trying to explain some of these Alberta issues and how they impact central
0: Canada. My pitch was this, a strong Canada needs a strong Alberta. Mm-hmm. Now, um, a lot of people are asking who funded, that was the federal, federal Conservatives 100%. that paid for that. 100%. Part.
2: Do you feel like that had an impact? Do you feel like you got your message oh, I,
1: across? Yeah, I certainly got my message across. We got some I think very fair media coverage and I spoke to thousands of people and visited 18 constituencies doing 23 events over two and a half days between Ottawa and Toronto. Uh, but look, my visit is not going to be dis- in any way decisive. I think it was a little shot in the arm for some of our candidates who are right on the bubble in the October 21 election. Um, and I think I I've got a really good rapport with the cultural communities there and I was able to get the message out to, to those folks through, for
0: example, ethnic media, which is um, very influential in the election. You were there right before the debate and I think it's fair to say, Andrew Shear, if there's been one knock against him, he's not the most charismatic leader up on that stage. You are a very gifted politician. There's no doubt about it. You're very skilled, a good debater. Did you have a chance to talk to Andrew before that night and uh, give him some tips? I, I used
1: to be on Stephen Harper's debate prep team, uh, uh, and I, one thing I know not to do is to offer unsolicited advice, so no, I did <laughs> not give unsolicited <laughs> advice to Andrew, but I think he did pick up one of the, the lines I was using uh, on the stump in Ontario. I said that I know Andrew Shear very well. Well, he's one of my... He's a close personal friend since 20 years. Mm -hmm. I'm godfather to his oldest uh, daughter. Okay, I didn't know that. And um, I also know Justin Trudeau pretty well. He was my critic in opposition for three years. And I said, I know them both. The difference is, Andrew Scheer does not wear a mask. Right, yeah, he is. Mm -hmm. And I saw Andrew picked actually up that theme. In other words, Andrew, you know what? He was never going to compete with... I always said with Justin Trudeau on on the best looks register or Mr. Charisma, you know... Uh, class clown. He's not going to win that award, but you know what he is? He's a like is a solid, decent, honest, uh, compassionate guy uh, who is is somebody I, I just trust deeply as somebody who's known him for twenty years, and that's that's what I was saying as from my personal experience. He's now, not a he's, he's not a phony.
0: He's Can't not a performer. He's not a performer. Yeah. So now back here in Alberta, of course, a lot of people are waiting for the budget, which we know isn't coming out until after the federal election, which sends up some red flags for a lot of people. They're saying if it was a good news budget, it was going to be something that would help boy. The conservative sentiment across the country. We'd hear it before the election. How much consideration is there into the federal election into releasing this budget? Um, uh, n- you know, not a lot. But obvi- look, for, for, for starters. Um
1: we had to wait for Dr. Janice McKinnon's expert panel on the province's finances. But that's been out over a month. It was, it was, exactly. But it takes more than a month to write a budget. True. So to do it properly. This is a $50 billion budget. As she points out, we're in a fiscal crisis. We have the largest per capita deficit in Canada. We're headed towards $100 billion in debt. We have the biggest spending provincial government in Canada by far in, in every way you measure, uh, like a, per capita terms. And, and so it's taking us time to uh, figure out very carefully... Like we could have done this easily, we could say we're just going to cut spending right across the board, yep. and is it just a we're 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 just going to take a kind of machete approach? But that's not what we wanted to do. We wanted to be very careful um, in what we in, in in the spending changes that we make. It's more of a scalpel approach, uh, and that takes time. I mean, I was I was in a multi-hour meeting yesterday, still making fine revisions to the budget. So we needed the time. Second thing. Secondly, if we were to introduce this in the middle of a federal election, it, I think it would be a distraction for both of us, we need a chance to be able to communicate the budget to Albertans, not while they're focused on federal politics.
0: So so it'll come out in, what is it, 10 days or so? Yeah, just right after the federal election. When we talk about the budget, we know that um, the Blue Blue Ribbon Report um, recommending big cuts, um, these sorts of things. So what kind of cuts are we going to see? A lot of concern that we are going to see an austerity budget. What can you tell Albertans in terms of what to expect? Sure. So what I can say is that,
1: yes, there will be spending restraint, and there has to be. As Dr. McKinnon points out, if we respect spending on the same per capita level as Ontario and B.C. We'd, we'd be spending $10 billion less than we are. We'd have a $7 billion surplus instead of a $3 billion deficit. So Alberta, during the good years, we got into the habit of spending way more and just being less efficient. Mm-hmm. So the challenge for the whole public sector is going to be get more bang for the taxpayers' buck. Now, there will be some spending reductions, but they will not be in health and education, and frankly, nor will they be in areas like children's services and social services. So we are protecting the vulnerable and the highest priority areas of health and education. In the other one-third of government spending, there will have to be some restraint. But I think in in context, it's reasonable. Uh, Let's put it this way. It'll be something like three pennies on the dollar as opposed to in the Ralph Klein 1993 budget, it was
0: nearly 20% cuts. So health and education can expect no cuts, but what about increases? We know that there's more demand on those systems. Yeah, there, there
1: is, and that will be really challenging. So we were, we're planning to, to maintain those budgets as, as where they are okay. uh, through the course of this term, which will be challenging. It will not be easy, but there will be internal, to be clear about this, there will have to be some internal reallocation from what we regard as, as unnecessary or wasteful spending towards higher priority spending. So, as the population gets older, more and more people go into the healthcare yep. system, that's that's just demographic kind of health inflation. We're going to have to pay for that by by trimming here and there in areas that we think are are, are not getting bang for the taxpayer's buck. Similarly in education, uh, there will have to be some internal um, a kind of re reprofiling of how we spend money but overall the budgets will stay uh, maintain the same but listen after 4 years we'll still be spending more per person on health and education than the other Canadian provinces we probably have the most expensive health system that's publicly administered in the world cuz Canada's at the top of the publicly yep. funded systems in the world and Alberta's at the top of Canada <laughs> and we're not getting the bang for the buck we have shorter life expectancy lower infant mortality higher surgical Wait times than most than many other provinces. So I'm challenging the system. Let's uh, let's get the results for the dollars we're spending. Okay. Frontline workers. We've no always said that there. we're going to try to protect frontline workers. There will be some reductions in the overall public service, but as we've always said, we hope that those will happen mainly through attrition. Yes. So when someone hits retirement, in some cases, they, their position won't be filled. But again, the the, the number of, of, of um, positions that will be phased out will be a, a fraction of those as during the, the, the 1990s. Okay. Okay. Okay.
2: Going back to when you were elected, there's a lot of concern about uh, some speculation starting a kiosk that was moved, um, and some votes that had to be entered in manually uh, by volunteers in a way that can't be tracked. So there's some there's some issues surrounding this. Can you speak to that a little bit?
1: You know, all I can say is this. Um we had uh, one of the largest leadership contests in Alberta history, which I was honored to win by a margin of two to one. I think a seventeen thousand vote margin. The members made their choice. Uh, that was signed. That whole process was uh, confirmed and signed off on by the uh, chief by the returning officer the independent leadership election organizing committee by the auditor who oversaw the process by the uh, independent company that administered the electronic voting and by the other two candidates so uh, we've had some people sour grapes who are trying to relitigate a campaign that was decisive mm-hmm. and democratic uh two years ago I'm focused on getting the job done that Albertans have hired me to do um and one thing I, I'll tell you this I, I I've never been a fan of electronic voting because I just have always preferred the old-fashioned you show up and you cast a ballot and there will be a a resolution on the floor of our November UCP convention to go back to the traditional. Uh, person shows up at the ballot station, you can physically eyeball them when they vote uh, to prevent any kind of nonsense. And because we've also seen that in the past, there were um, uh, problems with electronic voting in other jurisdictions and other parties. So I hope we revert just to the traditional conventional walk-up paper ballot system. So there's no questions like this in the future.
0: I think if 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 i can mr Please. premier to be fair i i think sour grapes might be a wee bit dismissive we have rcmp investigations underway a number of allegations voter fraud and all the rest of these sorts of things I guess the question is, are you willing to fully cooperate with those of investigations? Of it's course. wide open? Of course. And when I say sour grapes, I'm referring to the fact that most of these complaints have come from
1: two guys that we basically kicked out of the party. One mm-hmm. for having had his campaign crew beat up a journalist in Calgary, uh, and another who um, was found uh, by a former judge to have stuffed ballots in a nomination campaign. So th- those are the folks who have who've raised these
0: concerns. Okay. Um, in terms of... One thing I wanted to ask you about, the separatism issue. You talked about it briefly. You touched on it and said you think that that sentiment will rise should Justin Trudeau be elected. Um, I think you're probably right. Is that something you could personally support? Do you think that's a good idea for Alberta? No, I don't. I, I would. I'm would. i always going to be a Canadian patriot. Um,
1: that's both... In my heart and in my head, my dad served in our country's uniform in the, as a pilot in the Royal Canadian Air Force, and I've had generations in my family defending it. And I was a former minister of defense, so there, patriotism for me is, is deeply failed. And it's national. Uh, yes, and Albertans are proud Canadians, by mm-hmm. the way. I really do believe they are, even though they feel, even though we are getting an unfair deal in the Federation, and there's a deep and growing sense of alienation, which is totally justified. At the end of the day, I think Albertans bleed red, and they are proud Canadians. This is what I'm trying to convey to the rest of the country. I also think separatism doesn't make any rational sense because to cut ourselves off from uh, access to the rest of the country, we'd lose any legal argument to get a coastal pipeline. Totally, yeah. We fall out of NAFTA. I don't think it makes logical sense. You know, what it would do is save us some money and and we wouldn't be sending all this you know 20 billion net a year to Ottawa so let's fight on that issue then and I always say I'm not gonna let you know people were not talking about this when Stephen Harper was Prime Minister I'm not going to let Justin Trudeau make us feel unwelcome in our country we are actually champions of national unity we're asking the federal government to assert its constitutional authority to build national projects like pipelines energy corridors resource corridors we're also asking the federal government Government to stay out of our backyard. They're trying to bigfoot into our uh, exclusive constitutional power to regulate the production, upstream production of oil and gas and our resources. I'm asking simply that this country begin to respect the constitution. We Albertans could be leaders in a kind of renewed federation. That's why I'm leading the path to real free trade within Canada. That would hopefully create over 100 billion dollars of new economic opportunity in this country. So uh, I, that's. But uh, listen, Justin Trudeau made it clear he doesn't really care about what's going on here. He's brought in the No More Pipelines law that will make it impossible to get another pipeline proposed in the future. Meanwhile, Mr. Shear is proposing energy and resource corridors, and many First Nations want to participate in that. So I'm going to fight for fairness in the Federation, uh, uh, but I'm not going to give up on the dream of United Canada.
2: All right. I think we're going to have to put it down there. Yeah, That's all the title we have. The, time. the Honorable Jason Kenney, our Premier, thank you so much for your time.
1: Great to be in studio. Thanks, yeah, guys. Good to see you again. Thanks. Cheers.